This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Strife meets Batman's toys. He can wait to swing through the night, save orphan boy. Bruce can remember one fateful night. Make a rich boy a dark night. Go and download Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Hello, and welcome to this edition of TBU's Bad Books for Beginners, episode 186. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is Batman and the Outsiders. Chris, tell us a little bit about this book. Thank you very much, Jerry. Hey, a little Sade smooth operator today. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Hello, Bat fans. Thank you very much for downloading and spending a part of your day with us today. Batman and the Outsiders Volume 1 is a 128-page trade paperback that was published in October 2008 and had a cover price of $14.99. This trade paperback reprints the first five issues of Batman and the Outsiders Volume 2 and had a story entitled The Chrysalis. Now note, this is not to be confused with the series of the same name from the 1980s, written by Mike W. Barr and art by Jim Aparo. This came out in 2008. The five issues here in this volume were originally cover dated December 2007 through May 2008, and were individually priced at $2.99 for a single issue. The individual issues do appear to be available on Comixology. If you're interested in obtaining a hard copy or floppy version of the story, I did see the trade paperback go for $11.99 at mycomicshop.com, but I also saw the individuals go for around half or even less than cover price on online back issue sources, so that may be the route to go. Mm -hmm. Now, for our creative teams, per usual, I'll combine my memory and online resources. For our writer, we had Chuck Dixon. Dixon is 64 years old, and he was born in Philadelphia. He broke into comics, writing on the title Evangeline for Comico Comics back in 1984. And he wrote for Airboy for Eclipse Comics back in 1986, which is where I first encountered his work. In the early 90s, he wrote for 
Punisher, War Journal, and Mark Spector, Moon Knight for Marvel Comics. Now, according to Wikipedia, Dixon was the most prolific Batman writer in the 1990s. Mm. In addition to writing detective comics, he pioneered the individual series titles Robin, Nightwing, and Batgirl. Other DC titles included Catwoman and Green Arrow. Now, from there, he's also worked on several independent publishers, and he's even turned down a chance to rewrite the screenplay for The Expendables number 2. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, he bounced back to uh, DC in the recent Bane Conquest limited series. You can find a great blog about comics at chuckdixon.net and follow him on Twitter at Dixonverse, where I saw he's hoping to revive Jungle Comics with an Indiegogo campaign. Hmm. Now, in a recent tweet, he's also looking for Manhattan-based comic shop retailers. Hmm. So, Uh New York listeners, help him out if you can. (laughs) Okay, for our artists, save for issue two, uh, the series art pencils were provided by Julian Lopez. According to his website, he's a Spanish illustrator and comic book artist born in Barcelona. He has previously uh, worked in professionally for DC Comics on the Superman-related books, such as Superman, Action Comics, and World's Finest. He's also worked on other titles like Wonder Woman, Batman and the Outsiders, Titans, Oracle, Cobra, and the Mighty Crusaders. He is on Facebook and on Twitter at Julian Lopez Art. Issue number two, the pencils there were provided by Carlos Rodriguez. Rodriguez was born February 25th, 1977 in Madrid, Spain. And he has various DC and Marvel credits to his name, including Black Panther, Teen Titans, Nightwing, and Suicide Squad. You can find him on Facebook. All the issues were inked by Bit. Bit. <laughs> now, I was unable to find much biographical information about him just on a cursory search, save that he has a long, long list of credits for both DC and Marvel. Uh, interestingly enough, I also found no ratings for this trade paperback on Amazon.com, which was very odd, but over on Goodreads.com, this had a rating of 3.23 stars out of 5, based on 165 ratings and 20 reviews. But wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Just what do Jerry and I think of this book? Mm. And we're going to continue to do our deep dive of this tome very, very soon. And with that, I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry. Thanks, Chris. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends. Hello. Do you enjoy movie scores? Do you like science fiction? Do you like fantasy? And do you like movies? Uh, uh, everything's under control, situation normal. What happened? Uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Well, I have a podcast for you. Soundtrack Alley. It's a podcast where I take you on a journey through the time of my childhood and beyond to give you a glimpse into the world of movies, science fiction, fantasy, and other films that touch me on a personal level. You'll also enjoy interviews from film composers from famous movies from the past or even current times. Enjoy the interaction I have with guests on my show every so often, 
and check out other shows that share in guest spots. So sit back, relax, and let the soundtrack world wash over you. And check out Soundtrack Alley. You'll love it. Welcome back. Here is the story of Batman and the Outsiders. Catwoman and Katana, or as Batman IDs them, Catsy and K-Girl. I wonder if they're offended by that. I don't know. I I think I might be. Yeah, okay. (laughs) They parachute onto the roof of Jardine Tower, headquarters of Jardine Limited, a purveyor of radioactive material. They take out some roof guards. At street level, pudgy young man sprays the words, end psionic experiments on the side of the building. He gets a beating from the Jardine guards and taken inside for rough questioning. Grace is making her way into the building through the sewers and isn't very happy about pulling sewers detail. Metamorpho turns gaseous and enters the building as well. He lets Selena and Katana into the building proper. They find a huge room that contains a giant hairy egg that's being bombarded with radiation. Their presence sets off the building alarms. The guards are interrogating Pudgy and also trying to figure out how to handle the break-in, and they notice that Pudgy is transforming into Martian Manhunter, who easily frees himself from his bonds. Things don't go too well for the guards. In the egg room, Catwoman, Katana, and Metamorpho fight off those guards. The radiation levels increase dramatically, and a super OMAC emerges from the hairy egg. Metamorpho transforms into a lead ball to protect his teammates from radiation and bullets. They are able to escape the room and the guards, but the OMAC is on their trail. They fight. Grace breaks through the floor and provides an escape route, which Catwoman immediately takes. Martian Manhunter goes to the computer server room and mentally downloads all the data. He arrives at the fight scene to find the team has electrocuted the OMAC. They take the creature back to Batman. Batgirl the Cassandra kind, arrives at Grace and Thunder's high-rise apartment, where they are talking with Metamorpho and Katana. Metamorpho and Katana go to the lab where Batman has the OMAC in a tank with some wires on him. He and Dr. Langstrom, Francine Langstrom, Kirk Manbat's wife, are trying to figure out what makes the robot killer tick. Hawkgirl arrives with Geoforce and Black Lightning from the Justice League. Batman feels responsible for the OMACs because they were created by Brother Eye, who Batman created. The Justice League want to take the OMAC with them, but Batman doesn't want to let it go. As they argue, the OMAC breaks out of his tank. The Justice League tools try to fight the robot, but get their tails kicked. Batman and his team had a plan all along, though, and they disable the robot again. Batman lets the Justice League take the remains, but Geoforce is surprised to learn that he is now an outsider. Grace and Thunder are in their apartment with Cassandra, She walks around the apartment nude, and the two notice that her body is all scarred up. It turns out the OMAC Batman let the Justice League have was a decoy. They are still researching the real one, and they call it Remac. Remac is being mind-wiped, so he can join the team. Green Arrow, Katana, Batgirl, and Metamorpho are in French Guiana with Batman. Batman has figured out that Jardine Corp. has been experimenting with creating life forms that can exist on different planets, and there's a group of three rockets getting ready to take off that needs to be stopped. Ollie isn't too sure about Cassandra, because she's a killer. The two eventually tussle, but all is good. That makes everyone feel better. 
Mr. Jardine sends some costume soups to protect the rockets. Gun Bunny and Gun Hawk have Batman in their sights, but they get distracted by kissing. The rest of the team get over the fence, disable the guards, and make their way into the facility. Batman is also inside and transmit computer room data to Francine Langstrom. The rest of the team is spotted and have to fight the villain Militia. Camarouge goes to sneak up on Cassandra, but unfortunately for the invisible-suited baddie, Cass notices that she smells like strawberries. Geoforce changes gravity to make Militia super heavy, which disables him. In the main control room, where Jardine is having a meltdown, he is screaming that he wants the launch to go off on schedule. The computer techs insist on delaying it. The team heads off to disable the rockets. Geoforce goes to the main control room and disables the OMAC, protecting Jardine. The computer techs turn out to be the spirits of Ralph and Sue Dibney. Yay! Oh, wow. That's awesome. The good guys take Jardine away. The rockets take off, but Metamorpho enters the one that has the crew. Things apparently won't go too well for them. The end. So Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for the story after these words from some of our friends. Warlord Worlds, a fan podcast devoted to the comic creations of Mike Grell, including Warlord, John Sable, Star Slayer, Shaman's Tears, and Green Arrow. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in the many excellent comics from writer and artist Mike Grell. Warlord Worlds is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at warlordworlds.com. Welcome back. All right, Chris, what'd you think? Jerry, I fondly remembered the 80s Batman and the Outsiders, so when this got its relaunch, what about about ten years ago? I was really looking forward to this, but my hopes were a little bit dashed when I read this. It wasn't as good; it didn't quite resonate with me as that eighty series did. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really am trying to be objective here because I don't want to sound like that old guy who reads comics. You know, <laughs> things were things were better back at a certain time period than than they were in the more the newer version. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I listened to other podcasts recently, I heard the Batman Universe Comics podcast, and they both had, you know, the panel, everyone there has been admitting that they don't look at the art more critically as mm. opposed to the writing. So I really wanted to come prepared and examine the artwork with this particular trade. And unfortunately, there was nothing that really stood out with me. The mm. artwork certainly wasn't bad, but there wasn't any particular panels that I had that were favorites. If I had to stretch it out, it was probably when they all got their introduction in the first issue where everyone was uh, coming on the scene and when they were first identified, you got a nice action panel with them depicted with a little caption of that identified them. And I thought that was really good. Yeah. We'll get into it a little bit more. Um, I, I really don't care for the OMAC mm-hmm. Brother Eye stuff yeah. as a rule, and I thought the recent as, – as if the timing didn't help this any, we had the recent uh, detective story with uh, James Tinian, who mm-hmm. I like that a little bit better, but I still don't care for the OMAC for the Brother Eye. Yeah. Uh, we ended on a cliffhanger, and we had a 
Batgirl nude scene in the third issue, which I thought was kind of gratuitous. So yeah. those were my overall broad brushstrokes. What did what were your initial impressions? Well, you know, I don't have any connection to the Outsiders or any of these other kind of sub characters, with the exception of um, the Dibneys. I know many people do. I know many, a lot of folks really like like these teams or or people on these teams. And you know, I think that. Um, since I don't have any uh, previous connection to him, I can kind of evaluate the story on its own merits. And, um, you know, on the other side, I'll miss things that other folks that are more familiar with them will catch. But um, I, I actually did like this story. I, I didn't think it was – I thought it was a little disconnected. I thought it, it kind of wandered in certain places and odd things happened like why did – Gun Bunny and, um, you know, why didn't they shoot Batman? Because they wanted to kiss. It didn't make any sense. So, you know, I thought that was a cliffhanger from one issue to the next. And it worked as a cliffhanger, but they really didn't want to kill him. I, I'm, not, I'm still not sure what happened there. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding the art, you mentioned the art, and I do like some, I like the way that this book was colored. Um, the, there are a lot of the scenes that have really rich and shiny, you know, colors. It looks like there's real texture and depth to them. And I thought that was really pretty. And it's kind of compared to other panels where there's almost a silver age kind of flat muted, um, you know, coloring layout. And I like the, uh, the change back and forth that made it interesting as, as we went. There are some really pretty pages that I thought when, when Batgirl arrived at, uh, at Grace and Thunder's apartment, there was really, you know, a cool one of her kind of squatting and she's on a, on a railing or something. And it looks, it looks really awesome. I really like that panel. And there's, you know, this book is funny. There's a, there's even a MySpace reference in here, <laughs> which I'm sure at the time was cutting edge. Metamorpho is also pretty funny. Yeah. Um, when you, when you get into a team book, I think you like to see what other characters bring to the table and how they mesh or, Conversely, how they don't mesh and they're forced to get along with, with their respective traits, mm-hmm. personality types, what have you, and yeah. just to try to overcome something. This was something that I thought was unique in that we saw Catwoman on a team book, mm-hmm. yet we also had familiar team players like uh, Hot Girl. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, what is she doing here? Did she add something to this? Did she take away something to this? And yeah. what did she bring to the table? Just to see the different pairings of how characters interact with each other is always very charming, and it's always a trick to see how they can pull it off mm-hmm. with if there's any internal squabbles or does one character mesh better with another character, mm-hmm. and ultimately how do they get team up to get the resolution. So I like that. I, I should have liked it more, but mm-hmm. I just couldn't quite get a handle on it. What was your take on Hot Girl in this one, Jerry? I thought she was annoying. Um, <laughs> she was just being an idiot. <laughs> like, here, I'm hot, I'm Hot Girl. I'm on the Justice League, and I'm going to – I know better than Batman, right? I, I generally like Kendra, and yeah. this was something, you know, a little different. So for the for the Kendra fans out there, and I know she's got a loyal fan base, mm-hmm. you know, this was I'm, – I'm curious to – to hear their take on this, if, if yeah. they read this the same way that Jerry and I did, yeah. Now we also had Cassandra. Oh, yeah. uh, w- w- did you did you think she added something to this, Jerry? Yeah, I think she could have been used more. I mean, Cassandra and um, you know Selina are two of my top top favorite characters in the Batman world, and Cassandra kind of shows up and doesn't really have anything to do. Uh, she has a little tussle with Green Arrow, which is really just annoying. You know, Ollie's being an idiot. 
Um, and I just wanted her to do more. It was kind of cool where, um, you know, she, <laughs> she's getting snuck up on, um, with, you know, the woman in the invisible suit and she, she knocks her out and says, uh, you smell like strawberries. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, it was. And, you know, speaking of characters with something to do, you know, there was a little supporting character was, uh, that of, uh, Dr. Francine Langstrom. Yes. Who back, you know, in her initial appearances really didn't have much to do, you mm-hmm. know, was, Oh, Kirk, oh no, what's going on? You know, oh, our baby's this. And, you know, she was always not quite a damsel in distress. She, she, there was one story where I think she did kind of turn into like a, a bad character herself. Hmm. But beyond that, my recollections of this character were sort of like uh, Liz Connors back in uh, the Spider-Man t- uh, titles, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, she's watching her husband go through this uh, metamorphosis and she's just really there. We never really get to see what the spouse is going oh. through or, or anything else. So I, w- I was pleased to see that she had quite a bit a little more so than i was accustomed to in this in this story so that was good uh did some of the art play to you like it was done well or did it unintentionally become different or interpreted a different way well i i thought that like I, i mentioned that the um the colors were good you know in general that and there was a good combination of different looks but some of the some of the panels and particularly uh, towards the end of this um, couple of books, there's this one scene of Jardine and he's demanding that they do the launch and he's kind of getting wiggy and it almost looks like it's something out of mad magazine. <laughs> it's, it's just a little over the top. It looks funny. It's comical, but it doesn't really fit the rest of the book. And I'm not sure where that came from. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I noticed that, but I didn't have it in my notes. And I, boy, there was there was something I really wish I could have liked more about it. Yeah. By no means was this terrible, but I, there was nothing really uh, something to rave about either. Yeah. So just whenever I thought like, oh, this is starting to get good, then it would kind of dissipate, and mm. you know, just kind of the the plot lines would wander off, and then it would come back. Oh, maybe it's going to get good again, and then. You know, something crazy like, oh, we have Batman in our sights, but let's kiss instead of shooting him. Yeah, and speaking of Batman, I thought this was – Dixon did have a good handle on him. This was a good depiction of the central character. Yeah, yeah. I like what he said. You know, the Outsiders is a different kind of team than, you know, the Justice League or some of these other teams that um, Batman may be involved with. And he says – and, you know, he's kind of speaking the subtext a little bit, but I did appreciate it. He says, our strategy is intelligence. It's about applying measured pressure where it will do the most good. It's not brute force. We're always going to be outnumbered. And I I think that's a really good, you know, that happened early in this story. And I thought it was a really good way to tell the reader why this book is different than, you know, a Justice League title. Great, great point. Did you have anything else on your notes? I, I, I just don't have anything else to add. Was there anything else that you took away from this? Yeah, really just that there was a lot of humor in this. And, um, you know, Martian Manhunter, him changing to the, you know, from the fat graffiti kid to the, the Martian <laughs> yes. Manhunter. Everybody's like, oh. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm getting minimal resistance. But he's, <laughs> he's getting, you know, machine gun bullets are flying at him. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Not a problem. Oh, that's good. <laughs> So, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So, you know, based on that, you know, what kind of rating would you give this? Well, it, it's certainly 
I, I just had high hopes, you know, with, with, with this title, you know, and the memories I had. And especially with a writer of the caliber of Chuck Dixon, I, I was really hoping to get into this much, much more. But I, I hate to say it, I, I felt a little flat with this. I was teetering between a three and a five out of five. Three and a three and a half out of five, and I, I'm going to be generous and go three and a half on this. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a must read. I, I'd certainly, if you could find the original Mike W. Barr and Jim Aparo Outsiders, if you haven't read those stories, I, I'd, 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 I'd go seek those out ahead of it with with some uh, interesting characters and villains. Uh, would I recommend it? Yeah, there's other material out there, but I do have some slight reservations. So no for must-read, recommend, yes, but some slight reservations. How about you, Jerry? Sure, I think I, I would be in about the same boat as you were with the rating. I would give it a three and a half, too. Uh, particularly, I think it would, you know, putting it up over the top was definitely seeing the Dibneys show up. I, I yes. just like them. And, and I'm not really sure what's happening in continuity at the moment, but I assume they're both dead and these are their ghosts. And, uh, at least that's what they say here. So I'd have to go back and do a little research to figure out where, where they are continuity wise. But it was great to see them as it always is. Uh, yep. So I agree. I don't think this is a must read, but I would, in terms of would I recommend it? Sure. I, I wouldn't recommend, you know, you just stay away from it. I think it's, I think it's a perfectly good book if the plot is a little all over the place, but um, I definitely, there's a lot to enjoy about this book. Well, great. Well, now folks, don't forget to check Chris and I out on the Professor Frenzy show. That's another podcast that we both do. Um, now by the time that this episode is aired, we will have released eight episodes of the Professor Frenzy show, which is <laughs> surprising. Yeah. It just feels like we've only done a couple, but yeah, uh, we've, we've already had that many. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, on the Professor Frenzy show, we, um, Chris and I do indie comics and other pop culture topics, and we've been having a great time with it. Uh, you can check the show out, search on iTunes for the Professor Frenzy show. We're on Facebook and Get us on Twitter. You know, if you if you hang out with us at all, you'll be able to find the show. Um, now, another thing, Chris, that came up, the Batman Universe uh, had their 250th episode of the comic cast. And uh, that was a great achievement. And we just wanted to, to send our congratulations over to Dustin and everybody at TBU. Yeah, everyone who's contributed to that particular podcast got an acknowledgement. I thought Dustin did a very excellent job with yeah. it. And, and everybody got to uh, share in it. It's a very proud achievement for the uh, website and, and, and a good feather in his cap for Dustin and just to see what uh, the, the podcast has accomplished with with all the talent and that uh, just came onto this uh, community of fans who who assisted and made great contributions uh, over the years past and present. It was an awesome achievement, so be sure to check out that 250th episode, and you might hear even a plug from us. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> uh, now, Chris and I both do some work over there at the BatmanUniverse.net. What do you do over there, Chris? Yeah, now, I am uh, doing some reviews for the Batman Adventures comic, which was, uh, I think, something that really should have been spotlighted, because back in the early 90s, I thought it was one of the better Batman comics you could get on the rack. So I'm doing a deep dive review of these over on the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. And I'm very fortunate to be on that show, but coming up soon, uh, we're going to see Batman 66, which I previously reviewed on that show with a segment. 
<laughs> I, I can't wait. They're going to meet yeah. the Archie characters. So later this summer, it's Batman sixty six meets Archie, or is it Archie meets Batman sixty six? I'm not sure, but I, really I can't. I can't wait. And I've they've they've released some of the advanced artwork. It looks great. I can't. We're going to have some Batgirl. We're going to have some more classic villains that I, I really, really love. One other thing I do on there is also look at the Nightwing title just to see if there's any shipping going along because Stella and I are very, very cognizant of shipping with our particular favorite characters. <laughs> but we, we can't. We, we are just we, – we have a lot of fun on that podcast. And uh, please get on board. Batgirl to Oracle is a great, great Great podcast. Now, speaking of Batgirl, Jerry, do you do some reviews over on the BatmanUniverse.net with that and perhaps other titles coming out soon? Yes, I do. I've been doing uh, Batgirl, which is a, a book that I've been enjoying. Um, and also starting in July, I'm going to start with Catwoman. And I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm really excited, and I'm gearing up to just savoring what you're going to write about this because you know, uh, Batgirl's, uh, you know, she's she's going to get a costume tweak, uh, mm-hmm. changing the costume pretty soon. I don't know what you think of the new version of the costume, and Joelle Jones doing Catwoman. I, yeah. I can't wait to see how this plays out and what your take on this will be. So this is a lot of good things coming up down the line. I'm looking forward to it. As you know, I mentioned before. On this show, Catwoman is one of my favorite characters of all time, you know, second to Batman, um, and maybe second only to Batman. Um, depends on my mood, but sure. I'm a big, ever since, you know, being a kid watching TV show, um, I've always kind of shipped Batman and Catwoman. Um, just, they had a great relationship. I always thought that they, they were, you know, close, um, romantically and just the whole way that, the, the DC universe is bringing them together and uh, Catwoman being such a big part of things um, in main continuity is I'm just in heaven. <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah, this is, this is good. Uh, just as a reminder, folks, you can find me on Twitter at BTO and bad books. Jerry, can they find you on Twitter? Yes, they definitely can. You can find me at professor frenzy. So on Twitter, I do some reviews uh, of my weekly pull books. I cover my favorite DC books, indie titles. I talk about dark shadows. I had another dark shadows afternoon yesterday and uh, Chris and I, we both uh, live tweet horror movies at the hashtag Svengoli out on Twitter. And we had a good one last night, didn't we, Chris? Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. That was when I had seen. Yeah, that was uh, William Castle's. Uh, what was that called? Uh, bah, 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 uh, Nightwalker. Nightwalker. Thank you. I, I was going to say Nightstalker, but I knew that was wrong. So yeah, uh, Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so, so good. good. So good. Uh, yeah, we and um, uh, uh, Lloyd Bachner, uh, just just outstanding. This was one I had not seen before. Had you ever seen that movie before, Jerry? Never. Never. And it was, Never. uh, it was very entertaining. I thought that Barbara Stanwyck, as always, was terrific. Um, yeah. And, uh, Hayden Rourke from, uh, I Dream of Genie yeah, and Dr. Bellows. It, it, Dr. Bellows. Yeah. In a, in a really dramatic role. Yeah. Yeah. This was, this was not, you know, usually it's, it's comedic whenever I think of him, but no, he was, he had, he, he was a decent, uh, dramatic actor in this Definitely. one. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a really good, outstanding story. Uh, very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. A lot of well directed, a lot of great camera shot, a lot of good effective use of music. Uh, really yes. enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, folks, you should check out if you're interested in that kind of horror movie, you should go out to, um, Spenguli hashtag on Saturday night at eight and see what, see what we're up, we get up to. We have a lot yeah. of fun. A lot of fun, definitely. Yeah. So now, Chris and I, we both listen to a, a bunch of different podcasts other than this show. Um, been, of course, you know, the, the one that I never miss is Cosmic Treadmill and Weird Cosmic History. 
uh, weird comics history, I'm sorry, with Chris Sheehan at Ace Comics and Reggie at Reggie Reggie. And they discuss some classic comics and they just do great detail and great voices. And sometimes these books are not the best and almost, you know, the worse the book is, the more entertaining they are about it. I just love that show. Yeah, I, I got a nice shout out on the uh, last yes. episode, but not the one that dropped today. But the but that was nice because uh, it seems Reggie and I had a mutual comic uh, or, or a history book about comics, and one of the stories was featured in there. And uh, how how. What a community when uh, you, you meet somebody who can relate to something you read when you were a kid and mm-hmm. somebody else read the same thing when they were a kid. And yeah. wow, you know, and uh, just to hear him do a deep dive uh, with the uh, history and the early uh, stuff from Warren Magazine Publishing was just, just very, very researched intensely well. And I, I can't, I can't tout that particular episode more than I, but it's always a great show. Yeah. You're, I, I always, there's always a takeaway and I always learn something from that show. Absolutely. So we also are listening to all of the podcasts that the uh, Darren and Ruth Sutherland do. Uh, that includes Warlord World, Xenozoic Xenophiles, Trekker Talk, Sensational Sleuths, Fantastic Fantasies. Uh, just a, a whole bunch of really terrific content. You can uh, go and check out their shows. There, you'll definitely enjoy them. Yeah, and convention correspondence. I'm That's hoping right. to hear. I'm, I'm hoping to hear uh, one a report from uh, the the con they just went to. I think Heroes Con, I believe, was that one. And uh, hey, you were you were there too, Jerry. Well, you weren't there, but you were on the previous episode yes. before, or the most recent episode, I should say, where uh, uh, Cub Reporter Jerry Green <laughs> on the spot re- reporting on that. That was a great episode. So oh, be you. sure to check that. That's still available. So check that out. You can hear Jerry on that show. Yeah. Thanks. Um, of course, Randy Andrews, who does, uh, the terrific soundtrack alley, uh, and Gen 13 podcasts. And we both always enjoy those. Randy does, uh, for soundtrack alley, he takes some of the, some old movies, uh, not old movies, but you know, seventies, eighties, whatever, uh, sci-fi fantasy movies. And he goes and does a deep dive into the soundtracks and the music and how the music makes the movie work, uh, interviews, um, composers. It's a, terrific show and if you're interested in uh, movie music definitely check out soundtrack alley we also clinton robeson is is one of our friends too is he's uh, on spanguli periodically he does some work for the batmanuniverse.net and he does a terrific podcast coffee and comics and that's always a great one to listen to mm-hmm. now uh, another couple that we listen to Longbox crusade and saturday matinee theater with pat jason and jared uh, <laughs> this is uh Saturday matinee theater. Uh, they take the old fifties, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, TV show, which you can get on YouTube and they do, uh, episode by episode reviews of them. And, uh, it's a great time to go out onto YouTube, check out the show and then check out their commentary. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, we also are listening to wonder woman warrior for peace and, uh, where they kind of review all Wonder Woman movies, TV shows, comic books. I mean, it's if you're a Wonder Woman fan, this is kind of a must listen. It's a terrific podcast. Just about before I was going to email Angela, who does the show, saying, "Hey, is the has the next episode dropped?" She dropped it. So nice. yeah, so she, it seems like she she took a month off, I think, or a brief hiatus. I don't know if it was quite quite a month, but I'm always jonesing for that show. Yeah. So yeah, back back on pace, and uh, as the time we were recording this she just had a new episode drop this past week so be sure to check it out fantastic um also listening to parlopod with john benedict um they that's a terrific uh podcast on uh comic books and you should that that drops wednesdays as well you should check that out mm-hmm. 
Yeah, very timely. Like yes. And also the Selling Out podcast with Dave Schultz. Uh, he's, that's a, that's a terrific one that is more about, it's, it's a culture podcast. And I'm really interested to see how that one develops as it goes on. I am too. Uh, check them out. They're, they can be found on Twitter. Uh, Dave has been an excellent friend and supporter of our show. Uh, can't be a nicer guy you would find on Twitter. And, always ask a question, you know, and at the time of this recording, his question is, what are your pet peeves? So I mm-hmm. think he's going to tout that out. What a great topic. I mean, yeah. what a great topic. So I, and I, I thought, I got too many goals. I don't, <laughs> you know, overwhelm but, but no, I don't want to overwhelm him, but yeah, I should, I should, I should help uh, Dave out and, and toss a few ideas out there. But boy, Absolutely. this, yeah, I, I think everybody's got a, a pet peeve, at least one. And uh, I, I, I can't wait for that episode to drop to hear what uh, other responses there may be. I agree. Me too. Um, now, if you're interested in uh, classic horror movies like Chris and I are, you might want to check out Monster Kid Radio with uh, Derek M. Cook. He does that one, and he's been doing that for quite a while now. Um, very good podcaster, and you should definitely check out Monster Kid Radio. Yep, absolutely. And we did get a comment from uh, a listener. This was actually from the guys over at the Longbox Crusade nice. who said about our last episode, hey, fun episode. We enjoyed listening to the Nightwing story. Thank you for the shout-outs and kind words about our podcast. So that'd be great. Yeah, so we also had likes and retweets from Oliver Bourne at Oliver Bourne 5, Sagir Khan at Sagir Khan underscore, Chris Sheehan at Ace Comics, Jared Albrecht. Hey, it's the Yard Sale Artist nice. at Yard Sale Artist, Chris Hamby at Chris Hamby Films, Christados at Christados Zero one. Thank you so much, Pat. Longbox Crusade at Longbox Crusade. Bill Beer at Gotham Night Thirteen. Be sure to check out the Too Old Too New podcast, and they're on Twitter at Too Old Too New. The Selling Out Show at Selling Out Show. Check out that podcast. Thank you again, Dave. Jeff Hunter, a longtime friend at Jeff Hunt three four nine one one eight five five. Dustin Frischel. Hey, nice. Dustin. Thank you so much at Bearded Bat Chief. Lava Hog at Lava Hog. Hey, thanks again, Dave. Green Lantern HG at Green Lantern HG. Always a consistent supporter. Fred Reads Comics at Comics Fred. Be sure to check out popculturecafe.com. Reggie Reggie at Reggie Reggie. Just want to give him a shout out to, uh, Wednesday night show, generally on Mixler. Good times to be had by all, so be sure to check that out. We also heard from Have Geek Will Travel. Of course, Have Geek Will Travel at Have underscore Geek. Jim at Canada Daredevil. Lisa Ann at Lisa Ann X2. The Batman Universe at Batman Universe. Stephanie Mounts at Fancy Nerd Design, where she's filling in for Stella on her sabbatical. So check her out on the Batman Universe Comics podcast. Hopefully, I mentioned all of you. However, if you were overlooked, please let me know on Twitter, and we will be sure to give you a shout-out on our next episode. Thank you so much for your support. Yes, thanks, everyone. Well, that's all Chris and I have for today. Please join us next time, where we will be covering Batman Private Casebook. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. Strife meets Batman's toys. He can wait to swing through the night, save orphan boy. Bruce can remember one fateful night. 
Make a rich boy a dark night. Go and download Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Bad Books for Beginners. Bad books for beginners.